I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. All right. Well, welcome Mike Kramer. He is a award-winning management consultant, successful entrepreneur, and author of the Manage Hub strategy. That provides a step-by-step roadmap for implementing the leadership principles rep- uh, recommended by Baldridge Performance Excellence Framework. Typically, Manage Hub, Hub customers include accelerated uh, um, results, uh, and increased quality, productivity, customer satisfaction, employee engagement, and value growth. Mike negotiated the sale of his first business, an FDA-licensed pharmaceutical repackaging company with world-famous Silicon Valley venture capitalist John Doerr of uh, Kleiner Perkins. Wow. Uh, He created courses in best management practices for the University of Chicago and lectured at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. He co-developed curriculum for uh, the Coleman Entrepreneur Center and was awarded Most Innovative Program of the Year by uh, Dumman Entrepreneur Center. Michael's also a certified public accountant, although he's not practicing now. Mike, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so... Um, that's quite the resume. It sounds like you've, you've done quite a lot in your life. What what are you doing now? What's your primary focus right now? Well, my primary focus right now is helping businesses and nonprofits adopt the U.S. Baldrige Performance Excellence Framework, which is America's standard of best management practices. It's uh, a secret success formula that most businesses, most leadership teams don't know about, but they need to. A secret success formula? It really is. It's secret only in that it hasn't been communicated to mid-market and smaller businesses in the way it's been broadly adopted in the Fortune 500 level uh, businesses. IBM, FedEx, AT&T, you name the large organization, they've either won Baldrige Awards or just de facto, they've adopted best management practices as represented by Baldrige. Um, Baldrige, have you heard of Baldrige before? I have. Okay, great. How did you hear of it? You know, I can't remember. I just mm-hmm. um, didn't you, you have you horse? have a background in the military, correct? Well, I think I heard about it somewhere else. Didn't didn't he fall off a horse or something? Yes, yes. It was named for a U.S. Commerce Secretary who was the champion of making best management practices widely adopted in the United States of America as as it had been uh, in in Japan and other. Asian Pacific uh, countries. And um, he felt that uh, we would lose our competitive advantage if our country hadn't adopted total quality management, uh, which was actually the synthesis of best practices uh, by the Navy. The Navy was the one that the US military Navy 
uh, create a TQM. And he just wanted that to be used everywhere. And then just before the Baldrige Act, uh, what was named for him, uh, Congress enacted a quality management uh, approach. They named it for Malcolm Baldrige because he was a amateur rodeo star. And sadly, he was killed in an accident just before Congress was going to enact TQM as our national standard of excellence. It's, it's okay. a tragedy. Okay, that's the rest of the story. I I just remember, I think I heard about this uh, 22, 23 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just remember somebody cracking some joke about me fell off a horse and we were making jokes about being a low quality horse. Like that sounds a lot more tragic than we were talking about. It was very sad because he was really a champion for business in America. And he just wanted a leadership teams to have the tools and methods that they need to succeed, especially at that, at that time, the emerging global economy, which is well upon us back in the eighties, when you talked about the global economy, everybody was like, what are you talking about? America is, preeminent. But um, Congress knew to be concerned. And so that's why they wanted to make total quality management, uh, basically a codification of best management practices widely known. Um, And then they named it for Malcolm Baldrige. Now, does this have its roots? Was it Dempsey who, um, who also had quality standard, tried to teach it to American companies? The Americans weren't interested. They were like, hey, no, we're awesome. We're great. We lead the world. So he went over to Japan and taught to them. Is is that at all connected? It's totally connected, but it's just a little bit of a variation on that story. What happened is uh, post-World War II, America sent uh, Edwards Deming, Joseph Duran, and a handful of other quality management leaders who basically took um, all of best management practices, up in t- current best practices up until that point, and brought it to Japan to make Japan, um, you know, economically viable and hopefully a a ally of ours, turn an enemy into a friend. And I don't know if you remember, but I do because I'm old enough. Everything used to be made in Japan. Yeah, you know, and um, and it, you know, the American cars, you know, they were falling apart on the roads, but the Japanese cars, um, they lasted forever, and everybody who bought them, you know, Toyotas and Hondas you know, uh, they, they were pleased. And uh, the reason is Japan wholeheartedly embraced best practices um, and added to them. So they added on top of production line and task specialization, which was from Henry Ford, they added quality circles and uh, continuous improvement. And um, all of that then in the 70s um, was codified into total quality management by the U.S. Navy. And that then became Baldrige. And since the 80s, when Baldrige was enacted, every two years, they do a refresh on these best management practices. So it's current best management practices. And it's managed by the National Institute Baldrige's. It's managed by the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And the results of organizations who adopt Baldrige, it's stellar. It's uh, And that's why I call it like an unknown hidden secret formula, because the largest organizations have all adopted it. And it's made them by the way, pretty hard, tough competition. And you know, yeah, go ahead. No, no, please finish your thought. Well, um, it used to be, you know, that uh, the large organizations had deep pockets. That was their advantage. But everybody knew that, you know, you weren't going to be well taken care of by a large organization. 
And the small mom and pop, they didn't have the deep pockets, but they really cared. And they were going to listen to you and they were going to be responsive to you, right? But with Baldridge, the largest organizations uh, develop systems to listen to their customers, to listen to their employees, to uh, engage in continuous improvement. And when something is identified as a problem for a customer, it's communicated up the line and action is taken and improvement occurs and that problem doesn't occur again. So the advantage that the mom and pop used to have, it evaporated. So now they don't have deep pockets and they don't have best practices in place, continuous improvement and whatever. So uh, small business, uh, you know, is under fire in America. And so if we just make Baldridge accessible to mid-market and smaller organizations so that they are responsive, they are resilient, um, you know, we will have a re-emergent small business space, which has traditionally been the safety net of American economy. You know, I have a story, uh, you know, when you're talking about this, I think for a lot of people, this it's a little bit esoteric. It's hard for them to wrap their head around. Mm-hmm. I used to live in Japan, lived in Japan oh. for a couple of years, uh, initially with the Marine Corps, then I went back to study at Nagoya University. Mm-hmm. But I had a story that I think makes the point that you're talking about. When I was there with the Marines, we uh, we went over to the Japanese side of the base one time uh, for a, a picnic for you know uh, for our unit. We had uh, you know we just had a cookout and what have you. And there were some Japanese over there playing uh, softball. And um, here we are. We're a bunch of Marines, very strong. We had a couple guys that were just literally gorillas. And we thought, hey, we're going to play these guys in softball, and we're going to show them how it's done. Mm-hmm. I have never been so humiliated in my life. The mm-hmm. Japanese killed us. Mm-hmm. We were stronger. It was a game that we, you know, it's an American game. We, uh, and we were stronger. We should have been able to beat them, but I watched what they did. Mm-hmm. The way they beat us was they mastered the fundamentals. We were going for the power hits. They were just aiming for excellence in everything they did. And so they made fewer mistakes. Everything they did was near perfection. And it wasn't a close loss. It was a humiliating loss. It was it, it was like me going out and playing the World Cup team in soccer. It was that bad. That is such a beautiful story. And that really explains why Baldrige works. It's It focuses on the fundamentals. It builds the scalable infrastructure of business needs so it can deliver excellence no matter how many customers they have. So... They can grow and grow and grow and grow. And then the front lines, the people who are responsible for all of that, they're growing with this growing company as they themselves help it grow. So everyone benefits. It's a total win-win-win because the customers also benefit. Um, it's a it's it's amazing. Yeah. Well, and I I just listening to you and, and from my own experience. I can't imagine the business that wouldn't benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Is, is there? Well, let me ask. Is there somebody that shouldn't consider this? Well, you know, honestly, no. Uh, the, the reason an organization um, wouldn't benefit is if the leader is just doesn't want the best for their employees. They don't want to engage their employees. Um, there, there's something... or. The pain isn't bad enough where they don't think that they need it. But 
it's short-sighted because Baldridge, they get adopted very quickly, but when they're already suffering those growing and slowing pains and they don't have a minute to breathe and they're so stuck in doing the day-to-day and putting out the fires and, you know, they just feel like I don't even have time to fix this broken down machine. Um, So if they have the luxury of they're just coming out of startup, they're growing, um, if they want to be proactive, which is a tenant of Baldridge, to be proactive and not reactive, adopt Baldridge, adopt the elements that make sense right now, build that scalable infrastructure, engage your people as um, future leaders of your organization, because God knows you're going to need them, you know, and um, cultivate that talent and give them uh, an opportunity to have impact. Everybody's going to win. You know, as I think about the auto industry, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's for me, it's soul crushing. It's absolutely soul crushing. I have a Danish buddy who uh, grew up in northern Denmark, lives there now. And he told me once, he said, you know, Craig, when I was growing up, more than half the cars on the roads were Buicks in Denmark. Mm-hmm. I've been to his town. There's no American cars on the roads. No. We had a leadership position that we lost. Yes, it's very sad. And if I'm hearing you right, if we had implemented this, we wouldn't have lost it. But it's not just the auto industry. Look at every industry. Um, every, Nearly every industry has been taken over and done better in foreign countries. And... America needs to refocus, as you say, on the fundamentals. It's not hard. It's actually going to open up doors of opportunity and creativity and innovation. Um, They're going to be very happy and America is going to be able to compete beautifully. We are innovators. Um, Now we have to relearn how to be producers. So there are people that are listening that say, they're saying to themselves, Today, I'm just trying to be a survivor. Mm -hmm. I don't have time for this Baldridge crap because if I don't survive to live tomorrow, Baldridge doesn't mean anything to me. What would you tell them? Well, this is the beautiful thing about Baldridge. Um, Knowledge is power. So learn about it and understand what these fundamental concepts are. Look at everything that is taking your time, the fires that you're putting out. Implement the aspects of Baldridge that are going to put out those fires permanently so that at least you're not repeating putting out the same fires. And then, as I describe it, you control, the leader controls the speed, the scope, and the scale of their Baldridge deployment. Um, As they have wins and ROI and their employees get involved, they're going to adopt more and more and more of Baldridge. And that's also the beautiful thing. Do you ever hear a consultant say, take a bite out of the elephant one bite at a time and you'll get through it? Um, I really don't like that advice. I like, yeah, I I think that that's very limiting. Um, I think if you're a good leader, you get everybody in your organization taking a bite out of the elephant at the same time. And specifically in the areas where they can have the most impact. And when everybody's working together to take a bite out of the elephant, you consume the elephant very quickly. And just so everybody knows that I love elephants and I would never harm an elephant, <laughs> but it's just, it's just a common expression, you know? 
And, and that's the beautiful thing about this. Unlike a fitness training program where you're responsible as a leader to, you know, you have to lift the weights. You've got to go on the diet. You're starving. And no, um, if you engage your employees, you can help them lift the weights with you. And, um, you know, become lean operating together. And then as you engage your, this is the best part, as you engage your employees in helping you build that great company, the byproduct is they become great future leaders for you. You build great teams who help you build a great business. It's, it's ideal. Yeah. Um, So let's, let's focus a little bit more on leadership. First off, what, what does leadership mean for you and how does it play out in your life? Well, leadership for me, what I've learned is it's all about the employees. They work with your customers. They work with your expensive equipment. They know what's working. They know what's broken. So you have to have systematic ways to listen to them. And I don't mean manager walkabouts or open door policies. You have to have management systems in place. And interestingly, that is what Baldridge is all about. You know, when you think of your organization, you're thinking of all the operational processes, the day-to-day work activities that people perform to keep the place open. But Baldridge focuses on the essential management processes that allows everybody to communicate, collaborate, and coordinate work as one cohesive team. And that's usually what's missing in an organization that you described before that I don't have a minute of time in the day and I'm just struggling to survive and keep my head above water. Well, um, that they didn't start the business that way. They started with a big dream and a calculator and they're figuring out how much money they're gonna make. And if they're lucky, it, it, it took root and they start to grow, 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 grow. And uh, they didn't create that management infrastructure that scaled with them. And that's where all of their stress and torment is coming from. Okay. Um, can you tell me about a time in your life where you felt like your your leadership was put to the test, almost like a white knuckled moment? You know, what was that and how did it play out? Well, it's interesting that I also, just like all of the clients that I've helped, all the organizations that I've helped, whether through my accelerator uh, way back when or my individual clients, I ran a small business myself and grew it from nothing, from just a a sparkle of an idea in my eye to um, a very successful business that I ultimately sold. And it, uh, it had a lot of value specifically because of something that resonates with uh, legacies and leaders, I created a very systematic organization. Mm-hmm. But when I started, even though I was a CPA and I was very systems oriented, I really didn't even know what systems I needed, you know? And um, I, I guess my existential threat early on was that I was in a heavily um, regulated industry, pharmaceutical industry, and I had the DEA and the FDA And as much as I combed the federal register and looked at the regulations and highlighted everything I thought I needed to do, when the inspectors came in, they told me otherwise. You know, I had my SOPs, they were all uh, beautifully written, but but, um, they taught me what systems and standards really was about. Systems um, have to guide and support your employees and provide an audit trail so that you can look back in time and see where things went off the rails. And standards have to double as training methods 
so that you can scale unlimitedly. Um, and it can't depend on, you know, specific people doing specific work. Everybody has to be basically plug and play. And what this ends up doing then is it allows your people to unplug from a lower level job and then slowly learn other positions and plug themselves into a higher level job. And now everybody's growing with your growing organization as they're helping it grow. And that's how you create this amazing uh, team. But my existential moment of truth was that lesson of systems and standards and the importance of them and how they work together to create this scalable organization. And the sky was the limit. Um, you know, um, it was truly an amazing experience growing my uh, pharmaceutical business. Um, I, I loved it. And now, uh, and after my exit, I became this reluctant consultant because everybody wanted me to help them do what I did for myself. And I've, I've been able to do it by teaching them Baldridge, which basically is that integration of systems and standards and engaging your employees and uh, for the benefit of customers, of course, and, and all of that. And strategy is a huge part of it, but it's all integrated into a management machine. Um, one other thing, Craig, can I just say that where a lot of leaders go wrong, um, and this is corrected by Baldridge, is that they do address all the important areas that Baldridge focuses on. Um, they do try to uh, deliver excellence to their customers. They have tried to create great operations. Um, they have tried to hire great people and mentor them and support them. And they have tried to do strategic planning. Like they'll have, I call it three days at the Radisson, you know, and they create a document that's usually never implemented. I call it finished, filed, and forgotten. But where Baldridge changes the game is it tells leaders that you can't manage these elements, these basic fundamentals, as you say, in isolation. They have to work together to create that management machine, that performance management system. And that's what Baldrige teaches. And what Ma in Manage Hub, what Manage Hub does is we've created an integrated tool set that is fully customizable by anybody who wants to use it to create that bald, that beautiful Baldrige-based management machine that is like their own secret success formula. And the results have been stellar, outstanding. And I want to jump back there and touch on two things that you said. One, we have a few listeners that are scrambling for their dictionaries to look up existential. And so the existential threat, that's life or death. You know, mm -hmm. you were uncertain if you were going to make it through that. And yes, that's true. Just, just to save those, you know, the fingers uh, flipping through the dictionary, because that I think that word may surprise a few listeners. Uh, but the other thing you said that I think is really important to uh, pull out, you know, a word uh, none of us like, I don't know, maybe you like it, I don't like it, it's the word audit. And you talked about having an audit trail to figure out where things went wrong. And, you know, when I think about audit, I always think of it as a punitive action, but the way you were describing it was not punitive, but something that would help you be better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you the existential threat that I uh, had thrust on me. So when the DEA came in, they they every mistake they found, uh, they enjoyed taunting me that every mistake and every mistake to me was one missing pill. I couldn't account for a pill. 
um, was like $30,000 and five years in prison. (laughs) I think like, okay. And I was like 24 years old at the time. Yeah. So it was very stressful uh, to say the least, but I was a CPA and audits didn't frighten me. Um, I saw it as an opportunity to uh, find mistakes. Right. So what I did was I followed them around. I said, I obviously I'm not um, a criminal. Um, And they saw that right away. I was very earnest. I just wanted to do it right. And uh, I just misinterpreted what they needed. And I didn't, I never experienced it before. So I followed them around and I learned their audit method. And then I reorganized all of my operational systems to gather the information the inspectors needed in precisely the way they needed it. And this is the outcome. The outcome is the first time they were there, they, they stayed for about three months. Um, and I didn't go to jail and I didn't pay any fines. Um, they found every pill. Um, and then uh, the second time they stayed for three weeks and thereafter they stayed for about three days or, or three hours, you know? And at the end they came and they issued to me a an award by the FBI, which the DEA is part of as an outstanding citizen. And they came in and filmed our method to teach other organizations how to do it. So if anybody out there is in a heavily regulated compliance-laden industry, um, this idea, I gave it a name. I call it always audit ready. You should never not be able to sleep at night because you're worried that an auditor is going to come in. If you have this proper systems in place, you you should be doing your own self-audits for the benefit of your own company. And by the way, that was a key for the reason that we scaled and scaled and scaled. We knew if there was ever a mistake. And we were, it was never punitive. Um, a, a problem is simply an opportunity for future better performance. And your employees have to know that and they have to know that you're for them and you want them to succeed. So um, I, I hope that I explained it. That did. Mike, this has been a great discussion. I really appreciate you sharing that. I think it's, <clears throat> I think people need to put the work what you what you're talking about you know i uh there's nothing that swells my heart more with joy and pride than when i see american businesses thriving and i believe you do that for people me too there's and a big so- patriotic uh component to what i do because i'm worried about america and our position in the global economy and if we don't embrace our national standard of excellence um, I, I, I worry what's going to be in another 10 years. Yeah. Well, how can people get in touch with you? It's very easy. You can go to managehub.pro. It's not .com, but .pro. And there I provide a lot of free tools and resources uh, for organizations to just download and learn about. And if they want to contact me, there's lots of places they can click and schedule 15 minutes or 30 minutes with me. And I'm happy to talk to you about your business Um, I typically myself work with organizations with about 10 or more employees up to about 500. Um, I really focus on the mid-market and smaller, Um, but um, I'm happy to help. Just give me a call. And you said that you, for anybody listening, you'd be willing to do two 30-minute sessions or one 60-minute session, you know, to kind of help them get on this path. Yeah. For anybody who... um, is listening to this show and mentions Craig Andrews by name or Leaders in Legacy, 
Um, what I will do for you is if you purchase a seat in the uh, self-study bootcamp, I will spend one to two hours with you to customize one of the bootcamp tools. Um, it could be the onboarding and development uh, plan, which takes SOPs and turns them into an onboarding and development powerhouse for your organization. You'll get an SOP template. You'll get the onboarding and development approach. Um, if it's SOPs that you're interested in, we can customize that. If you're interested in the Manage Hub meeting, which is a new way to run a meeting, which is short and substantive and fully engages your employees, I could, we could customize that for you. You choose, um, and we'll spend a couple of hours together and make it for you and your business, and you'll see the power of Baldridge. Mike, thank you for being here this morning. And thank you. I really, I had a great time talking to you. All right. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you, everyone. Bye. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making an impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag Leaders and Legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss anything please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com uh, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.